listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome to episode number 153. We've got a loaded show for you. First of all, we're going to recap Rocket Pro Wrestling Show from this past weekend with special guest correspondent Pat Ackerman of the Lovely Intoxicated Men. Plus, we're going to talk some POW Entertainment, preview freelance wrestling where Ricky Morton will challenge for the freelance championship, and Chicago-style wrestling which has Jacob Fatu challenging Axel Rico for the CSW championship. And finally, we have a surprise guest this week. I was teasing someone else last week, but she had to reschedule. But instead, we're bringing aboard the Hawaiian hitman, Koa Laksamana, who has recently wrestled for Southland Championship Wrestling, Power Entertainment, and Rocket Pro. And you can catch out all right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson and I'm your freelance underground independent champion and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. Welcome back to Windy City Slam Podcast, and a hearty special thank you to True Heights Treatment and George Brassia, and he's been a great sponsor for us for almost the past year, great supporter of the program and local independent wrestling. Thank you, True Heights Treatment. All right, a couple of national things to hit first. Sky Blue, our local hero from Chicago-style wrestling, she got an AEW TBS championship match last week against Jade Cargill on AEW's Battle of the Belts 5. Sky looks really good, but of course, Jade Cargill wins to retain and remains undefeated. And in case you were sleeping under a rock the last week, Vince McMahon has returned to the WWE Board of Directors. It's supposedly to sell the company and helping with securing a new media rights deal. I'm just a little nervous with some of the rumblings I've heard just before this recording today that he might be getting back to creative. And please, God, no. Hell no. All right. At this time, we're going to start the local recap. And coming up in just a mere moment, Pat Ackerman of The Lovely Intoxicated Men. Hello, everyone. Maven, former WWE superstar, season one. Tough enough winner. Make sure you catch Windy City Slam podcast wherever podcasts are available. So Windy City Slam, check it out. Right now on the line here on Windy City Slam podcast, 
We're bringing in from the lovely intoxicated men, Mr. Pat Ackerman. Hey, everybody. It's PX Mike. Thank you for having me on. I am so excited to be with you and talk about what was a really, really great show this Saturday at St. Joe's Park. Yeah, Rocket Pro Wrestling presented Resolution, St. Joe's Park, where Joliet meets Crest Hill, and very exciting stuff going down, and some crazy stuff as well with Chet Gunderson, you know, your guy over at the LIM, and No Coast. So walk us through what's going on there. Oh, man, where do I start with that? So, you know, we wanted to give more of our members a chance to come out with Chet and you know, before the show, Brian Crazer left uh, Mr. Gunderson out in the cold, mm-hmm. and he was found later in the day by the honorary Oose, Josh, and he requested a wheelchair, and we had to bring him out in a wheelchair. This was Josh's first entrance. This was another LIM member, Tony Gabagool's first entrance, and I don't think any of them existed did anything that was going to happen you know i pushed chet out and you know wanted to fire up the crowd get the crowd behind chet because he's been through such an ordeal from those no coast guys those fargan bastages as i think chet called them (laughs) and all of a sudden you know i'm pumping up the crowd and we're you know all getting into it and the next thing we know all I see is Missy, our favorite camera lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, give a face, not exactly sure what was going on behind me. And all of a sudden, I just see No Coast wheeling Chet away. And I was just so shocked. I think Tony and Honorary Use was very, very shocked by that. I mean, we didn't even know how to react, but I will say we know who to blame, and we blame No Coast. What is going on with them? I mean, they were fan favorites, beloved by the Rocket Pro audience. And over the last few months, uh, last year, last year's season, and the first few months of this season, it seems like they've lost their way with the fans and they've been doing things a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, last month after they made up, I don't think anybody saw them attacking Chet coming and Chet's always been behind them. And... I actually do remember it was the show that they won the tag team titles. Chet and No Coast came to us and we all celebrated together. And then for them to turn on him, especially when he's always had their back, Mm -hmm. you know, it still doesn't make a lot of sense. Crazy. So let's get into resolution a little bit. So go ahead and start wherever you want to start with this show. Okay, so um, first segment of the show, uh, Damian Saint came out with the undeniable set, Damian Saint being the general manager of Rocket Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple orders of business first. Steve Arendt now directly reports to Joey Roth, and former general manager Jay Beck the Paycheck is now the personal assistant to the Ryan Matthews and always has to keep the the Ryan Matthews head right by his face at all times. I also want to paint a picture in everybody's mind that Jay Beck, very bearded gentleman, he was also forced to walk around in a giant inflatable baby New Year costume throughout the show, holding the D. Ryan Matthews head. 
Uh, I mean, just humiliating stuff that they're putting this guy through. Yeah, and Ryan Matthews has such a huge ego with that giant uh, cardboard head of his, and then you know just the way he screams in the ring drives everybody nuts too. I know his ego is as big as his cardboard head. I think there's like three now. Yeah, scary stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, they also went and talked about their new group, The Undeniable, and introduced all the new members. The Ryan Matthews, of course, uh, Kings of Six members, Sensational Devin August and Skylar Reed, and Damian Saint's lawyer, Eric Schultz. Mm-hmm. It was also noted that Damian Saint said to the effect of, this is my damn ring, this is my damn show, this is my damn building, and I will do whatever the hell I want. And that is the undeniable truth. So really holding the trying to hold the fort down in RPW with this group. After that, uh, we got a quick segment with Shogun and Marche, who have been going back and forth the past couple months. Shogun did make an attempt to mention between the two of them over drinks after the last show. Uh, and Marche was honestly having none of it and claimed that Shogun was the real villain of the story, which led into his next match with the Outer Limits champion, Gunner Brave. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that match where the title was on the line, Gunner beat Marche by disqualification when Marche wouldn't listen to the ref's request to stop his illegal choke. I mean, he completely lost it when Gunner kicked out of the end, maybe. He was out of control. Yeah, nobody kicks out of that. No one does. And for Gunner to kick out of it, I mean, you know, you kind of got to wonder where Marche's head is at, especially that he would not release the hold, the choke on Gunner Brave. And Marshy's been pretty messed up since that feud with Grin uh, over the last year. And uh, he's hasn't been the same Marche in Rocket Pro Wrestling. No, no. But I do know that, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes next with Marche mm-hmm. and if he can get it together. And Gunner Brave is a guy I've been praising on this program for the last six, eight months between his Rocket Pro stuff. And he's starting to actually get some wins in freelance underground. Now, he's a terrific talent. And he's probably one of the most unheralded kids on the Chicagoland circuit right now. Gunner Brave, uh, fun fact, actually coined the lovely intoxicated men. Oh, nice. um, so Gunner always has a soft spot in my heart for that. Okay, good deal. Uh, what's up next? So after that, we had uh, the Kings of Six, uh, Sensational Devin August and uh, Skylar Reed versus Rion Skills and Maximus Orion. Mm -hmm. Rion and Maximus won after Aaron Stone distracted Devin August um, and Max hit a spear. Yeah, and um, Aaron Stone, I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later as well. He's the guy who has the rocket to the top briefcase, and uh, he, he and Damian Sane are not the best of friends. No, no. And, you know, they've been really, you know, Ryan Matthews has been really getting on Aaron Stone's bad yeah. side. And even last month, to having that gauntlet series with all the members of the Undeniable, uh, I mean, he's been really put through the ringer by them so far in their young um phase of being a faction and yeah, absolutely yeah and then following this uh we had the triple threat match for the rpw chicago land champion featuring ruthless rock and rivera kevin cade two members of the idols mm-hmm. against the amazing turtle who came out with nunchucks we predicted that <laughs> so kevin cade pin turtle to become the chicago land champion 
after tossing Rock and Rivera out of the ring, taking the title away from his fellow idol for himself. Oh, wow. After the match, the idols came down to break up the brawl between him and Rivera, and Rivera knocked Joey Roth down, and Joey had to be walked to the back by Kate and Roxy. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, I'll bring up a point, too. When I had Damien Sane on this program a couple of months ago, he mentioned the fact that Rivera was a little bit uh, kind of on the crazy side, and he didn't necessarily agree with everything the idols did, or and he he had a he had a, an opinion of Rivera that wasn't very high compared to the rest of the idols. That seems to be the case, Mike. I mean, when you have two members of the idols in a match for the title, and one of the idols takes the title off the other idol, kind of rhymes you know, there is going to be a little bit of dissension in the ranks. So, I mean, I know after the match, Damian Gray said everything's fine, but, you know, everything was fine with Gunner Brave, too. So, yep. you know, I guess we're going to find out what happens there with the fabulous idols. Yep. I was there the night that they excommunicated Gunner from the idols. So I definitely know uh, what was going on with that. Mm-hmm. So after this, um, we had Eric Schultz w- against Aaron Stone. Eric Schultz beat Aaron Stone by countout after the Ryan Matthews made the distraction by stealing Aaron Stone's rocket to the top briefcase Uh-oh. and was chased to the back by Aaron Stone. Now, the key thing I want to point out here is while the contract does have Stone's signature, Stone does need to have the briefcase with him when cashing in his title opportunity. So this is really going to set back those aspirations for okay. Mr. Stone. So Matthews actually is in possession of the case right now. Matthews does have the rocket to the top briefcase, thus denying Aaron Stone any chance to cash in. And obviously, this is probably going to go on for at least the next month or so with shows that Aaron Stone is going to be chasing Matthews around when Matthews has the briefcase and Stone wants it back and all that good stuff. So, yeah, and I I definitely think, you know, that's a developing story that, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, next, we had the fatal four-way to determine the number one contender for the RPW Outer Limits Champion, featuring Shogun Chris Logan, Connor Hopkins, Sabotage, and Koa. Mm-hmm. So, Connor Hopkins pinned Sabotage to win the four-way and is now the number one contender for the championship. But Koa was not involved in the decision. Uh, the idols came out to take Shogun out of the match, and that distracted Sabotage, which allowed Connor Hopkins the opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. Now, after the match, the key thing is Shogun took a mic to express his annoyance with the idols. He started asking the fans, microphone in hand, walking all the way around the arena <laughs> if they're tired of the idols. And there are a lot of fans that are tired of the idols. That's what I was able to gather. Um now, Damian Saint came out and made Chris Logan versus Flash Harris next month at Cupid's Carnage. Should be interesting. I see Flash made it. Uh, Flash is going to make an appearance. Uh, he doesn't. He's not at all the shows, but uh, he's going to be at the next one. It does appear that way. Yes. Now, next, we got us a little uh, no coast action. Oh boy! So Brian Crazer and Joey Blues they came out. Dressed in all black, almost Renaissance garb is what I've heard. What I heard in the crowd, a lot of people were asking them if they were headed to the Bristol Renaissance Fair over the border in Wisconsin. 
Um, I didn't say that. I heard that in the crowd for the record. Okay. Um, they came out with their therapist, Sarai, Ms. Sarai Davison, after intermission. And uh, Sarai highlighted the success of her sessions and the breakthrough Brian and Joey had made. Brian and Joey refused to explain why they attacked Chet. Still, so we still have no answers, no clue why. Um, so we're still waiting on that. Um, but they still claim, like they did in their promo, that somehow they united the Rocket Boys and the lovely intoxicated men, which I can confirm it's not the case. There may have been a brief Christmas truce, but white girl wasted, as they want to try to call us, it's not a thing. <laughs> and they also said that the fans no longer deserve to see the fun note coast, which honestly is very very sad because they were a very fun group and now they just want to cause as much chaos and bedlam and whatever you want to call it as they want. Now they have the other members of NOCOS, Trayvon Wolf, DC Shaw, Mikey Osiris. They all came out to confront them and they wanted to try to handle it as a family, which Joey didn't really take too kindly to and led to a match between Trevon Wolf and Joey after general manager Saint came out to make the match and justified that match by saying he wanted to see no coast punch no coast in the face. <laughs> so after Brian neutralized Sean Osiris with the chair, Joey won the match after a low blow with a chain wrapped around his hand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a really new version of no coast. I've, I've read Nega coast on the uh, RPW fan page. But after the match, Joey, Brian, and Miss Davison, Miss Sarai Davison, started attacking all the other members of No Coast. And Joey put the chair on Mikey Osiris's left leg, and Brian dove on it, and he had to be helped to the back. Oh, geez. They also attacked the rest of No Coast, and Trayvon got knocked out by the chain. And Shaw was just forced to watch. Crazy times for the extended family of No Coast. Very crazy times indeed. And, um, you know, I think I make no bones about it. We do need justice for Chet. And Chet, if you're listening, I hope you're safe. Well, I hope so too. Chet's a good man. He's a very good man. And he is a very job man. He's very job. Very job. (laughs) (laughs) So next we had... 12 gauge versus the Ryan Matthews. Now, per general manager Damian Saint, uh, Jay Beck accompanied the Ryan Matthews to the ring. While the match remained even, Matthews caused a distraction by trying to take his head out of Jay Beck's hand. <laughs> With the referee focused on Matthews' head, he was able to poke 12 gauge in the eyes and put him away for a three count. Jeez. As soon as the bell rung, Aaron Stone shot to the ring like Leonardo DiCaprio at the Academy Awards. Quickly jumping on Matthews for all that he's done for Stone for the four events prior, the undeniable quickly charged to the ring. As they get in the ring, Stone put everyone down. With the fans erupting in support of Stone, the entire arena's demeanor changed in one moment. GM Damian Saint began to take off his suit seat piece by piece. Jacket, vest, tie unbuttoning the sleeves all while casually realizing and yet with purpose 
entered the ring to stand face to face with Stone. As soon as Stone realized what GM Stane had just done, the arena erupted. What they pay money to pray and hope to pray and see. Stone grabbed GM Damien Saint, cocked his fist back, while Saint literally screamed at the top of his lung, hit me, hit me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> right before the fist could fly, Stone would receive a low blow from Matthews. You could feel the hate rising off the fans as if Frieza had just killed Krillin again, while the members game was too much for Stone. Mm -hmm. Saint legitimately and literally laid down on the top ropes in the corner, watching the chaos ensue. When the damage was done, GM Saint walked on Aaron Stone to pose and celebrate what he would take as the night's battle won. I'm real artistic with that match. <laughs> I said that, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> a little flowery there with the writing. <laughs> a bit. I mean, I mean, it was about, I will say it, it was about time Leo won that Oscar. So, you know, I mean, Pretty funny. I would, I don't blame him for flying, flying up on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy stuff going on there. Uh, and Aaron Stone, man, he's a Mark man with that briefcase, although he doesn't have the briefcase, but he's the, the possessor of that right to have the briefcase and we know ryan matthews has it i mean to me it just seems like i'm just saying as an as a fan it does seem like gmc just doesn't believe in aaron stone and yeah, you know half his people that he believes in a little more and they he thinks that they should be on top so mm -hmm. it's it's a very tricky situation for aaron stone for sure mm -hmm. and it was the main event next then uh, the main well, the next match was actually those damn coyotes. Oh, the tag the team. Games. Yes. Okay. So, uh, this one started off crazy. So, first and foremost, while making their entrance, uh, TDC somehow managed to get their water bottle that they usually throw into the crowd completely wedged in the floor in the ceiling tiles. Oh. <laughs> that amazed the fans to a point where you couldn't really help but to champ for the water bottle. <laughs> um, and then before the match, right as um, the idols in the form of rock star, Johnny Nye and Damian Gray were making their entrances, Roxy Hart and Joey Roth uh, decided to start taunting Steve at one point led to Roxy slapping Steve right across the face. Oh my God. Which greatly angered Shelly. And it took a while for the match to start because Shelly really wanted to go after Roxy for slapping Steve. And refs had to be called out. I mean, it was pandemonium. Pandemonium, like <laughs> complete pandemonium. Crazy. Um, so definitely don't know what is going to happen you know, next, but it does seem like there's a combustible environment between the commentary team of Steve and Shelley and the fabulous idols in the form of Roxy Hart and Joey Roth. Mixed tag team match, maybe. <laughs> but um, in any case, um, they had Damien DeShane and uh, Brooks Berna representing TDC. And Damian Gray and Johnny Nye representing the Idols. Now, TDC originally had won the match by thin fall, but the 
in-ring referee never saw Damian Gray's foot was on the rope, and which led the head official, uh, Christian Torjan, to come out and inform the referee of the events that happened, which led to the match being restarted. In five seconds, Johnny Nye was able to roll up to Shane while Gray dragged Brooks out of the ring before he could even react. Well, official Christian did make the fair and just call, the Fabulous Idols got lucky and stole their tag team championships. So, same old idol chicanery, it sounds like. I would say, you know, New Year, same old idols. Yep. But now we get to the main event uh, between Christian Rose and Quinn Wittick for the RPW Championship. After a distraction from the mysterious masked man who has been attacking Christian Rose for the past couple months, Quinn Wittick defeated Christian Rose after hitting him with the crowbar while the referee was distracted after the match. Uh, the masked man finally revealed himself to be a longtime nemesis of Christian Rose. And that longtime nemesis was Bucky Collins. Oh, wow. And Bucky Collins has invaded Rocket Pro Wrestling, and it seems like for sure his eyes are focused on making Christian Rose's life more difficult than what GM Saint has done to help Quinn Wittick become the RPW heavyweight champion. And that was the show. Wow. So Quinn Wittick retains. And then at the next Rocket Pro show at Cupid's Carnage, we're going to have a hell of a main event there, a fatal four-way. And go ahead and walk me through that, Pat. So here's who we got in the fatal four-way for the RPW Championship at Cupid's Carnage on Saturday, February 4th. We have the master of the Chicago Bear Hug, Steve Michaels, coming back to RPW. We got all day Marche Rocket, Quinn Wittick, and old evil Christian Rose. That should be a titanic matchup. And uh, Steve Michaels, one of my favorite people, he's been a multiple time guest on Windy City Slam podcast. Good dude. Very charitable as well outside the ring. Marche, I just love what he does in the ring. And Christian Rose is your former Rocket Pro champion. So you have all these elements in this match. And then Quinn Winnick seems to be the chosen one here. And now he's the champion. So this ought to be really a lot of fun to watch. And I guess really the big question is if the crowbar came to play at the uh, last show, is it going to come into play at Cupid's Carnage? It could very well. And I will say, uh, fullest that I've ever seen, St. Joe's Park. Um, I remember back in the day going there for matches for Pro Wrestling Blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're at five months in a row of standing room only at RPW, and I've never seen that arena that full. So business is booming. Yes, it is. And before I let you go, Pat, I know you have something coming up in a couple of weeks. Go ahead and promote your appearance on the Power Hour. Yes. So uh, as we announced yesterday, um, the lovely intoxicated men, the best and most rowdy super fan group in all of Rocket Pro Wrestling will be making an upcoming appearance on the Power Hour with Rion Skills, with Steve Aaron with C-Red, with Cactus Rack slash Russian Blue. And we're going to have a great time discussing RPW and the matches and chat and all the shows that we've been to and all the shows that are coming up. It's not one you're going to want to miss. You can watch it on Steve Aaron's official YouTube channel, or you can watch it on Steve Aaron's official Facebook page. Um, And you'll be... Seeing that on January 24th. All right, Pat, thanks you for joining us, and we'll uh, catch up with you down the line.
Sounds great. Thank you for having me on, Mike. All right, to recap the other big show from this past Saturday night, POW Entertainment's Road to Slam Fest was at the American Legion, the Drop Zone Bar in Fox Lake. Eric Freedom and Tommy McCobb was thrown out when McCobb was not obeying the ref's orders. Trying to inflict more pain on Freedom after the match, most of the locker room came out to try to help Freedom and stop McCobb. But that leads to Jimmy Blaze demanding that the Battle Royal qualifier starts immediately, leading to Freedom winning the Battle Royal and qualifying for the keys to the Kingdom Royal. In her return to POW Entertainment, Sierra defeats Nikki Nix. And then we had the Bruiser Mass Index against the Bone Daddies of Trog the Caveman and Greg Murray. That ended in a double countout. Scott Spade defeated the Mass Marauder. For the POW Midwest Championship, Kazile defeats Mateo Valentine and Mason Perks in a triple threat. Kazile retains the title by pinning Valentine after Perks actually delivered his finisher, but Kazal threw Mason out to the floor, and Kazal gets the pin on Mateo. POW Tag Team Championships, the Irish Pub Army, defend their titles successfully, defeating punitive damages. And in your main event, the POW Entertainment Championship, the Max Holiday-Hunter Payne match was thrown out, so Max Holiday retains the title in that fashion, Ref Brian Allen throws out the match. Holiday attacks Jimmy Blaze, the special enforcer for the match. And then Eric Freedom tried to come out and help his friend, but he ended up meeting Holiday's big boot. And then Tiny, Mistress Misery, and Scott Spade came out to help Revolution. Or so we thought. Holiday grabs the mic, tells Jimmy Blaze that he needs an ace up his sleeve. And that ace was Scott Spade, who attacks Jimmy Blaze with a chair. Mistress Misery follows up with a kendo shot, and Tiny with a brass knuckles punch. And Rotten to the Core ends up leaving the building with Max Holiday as Hunter Payne came to the aid of Revolution. Crazy stuff right there. Seemingly Scott Spade and the rest of Rotten to the Core aligning themselves with Max Holiday. That's going to be crazy over these next couple of months. We'll see what happens there. And the next show for POW Entertainment, Saturday, February the 4th, it's Road to Slamfest, and they are back at the T-Wood Bar and Grill in Wooddale. And Dazzling Donnie will be the special general manager that night. Coming up this weekend, a couple of big shows to talk about. Friday, January the 13th, Chicago-style wrestling presents season premiere at the American Legion in Franklin Park. CSW champion Axel Rico, and what a first title defense for him, and it can't get any more difficult than this. He faces Jacob Fatu, the Samoan werewolf. That's going to be crazy. Then we have the Metro Division Championship. Superstar Steve Boz defends against Iniestra. CSW Women's Champion Sierra in her first title defense against Shelly the Bombshell Benson. Five-person scrabble match, and this is absolutely loaded. We have former tag team champion and Metro Division champion, CJ Esparza. We have the former CSW heavyweight champion in Joey Jet Avalon. The former CSW women's champion, Heather Reckless. Up-and-coming dog-faced bastard, Greg Murray. And the career killer, Chris Miller. 
amazing talent in that match. And whoever wins that match is going to have some serious momentum going into 2023. And in the other announced match at this time, Cody Country, Cody James, takes on Conan Lycan of the Hate Keepers. And Saturday night, that's right, Freelance Wrestling is on a Saturday night this time with any given Saturday at the Logan Square Auditorium on the north side of Chicago. The Freelance World Championship, Robert Ego Anthony defends against, get this, WWE Hall of Famer, Rock and Roll Express's Ricky Morton. You heard that right. Ricky Morton is challenging for the Freelance World Championship in 2023. Freelance Tag Team Championship, the Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews, defend the titles against Locked and Loaded, that's Mark Wheeler and Jesse V. NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship, Kerry Morton, the son of Ricky Morton, defends his title against GPA. Kylie Ray faces Rachel Rose. We have a pair of great triple threat matches on this show. A men's triple threat match, and this could be one of the matches of the night. We have Storm Grayson versus Trevor Outlaw versus Effie. And in the women's triple threat match, and this is pretty good as well, Heather Monroe takes on Blair Onyx and Free Range Kara returns to freelance. And in the traditional freelance Scrabble match, we have David Ali versus Evan Greenaway versus Craig Mitchell versus Sword of Incredible Iverson versus Bucky Collins versus Connor Hopkins, who's wrestling for freelance, I believe, for the first time. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I haven't seen him on any freelance cards over the last several years. And as usual, that scramble match is going to be awesome. And I think my default pick for any time Craig Mitchell is in a scramble is Craig Mitchell. And my question is, is Project Monix going to be in the building? Because it seems like he's got something cooking with Craig Mitchell, or vice versa. We'll see. All right, also this weekend, we'll run down some of the other events. We've got Friday night, January the 13th, Legacy Pro Wrestling, showdown at the Buena Vista, at the Buena Vista Banquets in Milwaukee. And also Friday night, January the 13th, this ought to be a really good show too. Dynamic Wrestling Alliance is back presenting Resolution Rendezvous at North and Maple in Tinley Park. Saturday, January the 14th, Wrestle League is at the Homewood Auditorium. Also Saturday, January the 14th, ARW presents the Indiana Rampage in Lake Station, Indiana. And this is going to be a really loaded show up in Milwaukee on Saturday night, January the 14th. Bruce City presents Rise to Honor at the Waukesha Elks Lodge. There will be a War Games match. You heard that right. A War Games match at Brew City Wrestling. All right, coming up in just a moment, our special guest this week, the Hawaiian hitman, Koa Laksamana. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Brand new SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Broad South in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you... 
are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. Welcome back to Windy City Slam Podcast this week. And we're recording this interview from Shorewood Fitness in Shorewood rather than the Windy City Slam Studios in Joliet. And the reason for this is because of our special guest this week. He's the owner of this facility, Shorewood Fitness. His wrestling career has come full circle after taking a couple of long hiatuses. He returned to the ring last year and worked for local companies such as Southland Championship Wrestling, POW Entertainment. And he's fresh off his debut for Rocket Pro Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. The Hawaiian hitman, Koa Laksamana. Aloha, everybody. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, that, that debut at Rocket Pro last night, uh, man, I'm feeling it today. It was tough getting out of bed this morning. Yeah, my, my, I had my daughter this weekend, and she said, uh, Hey, Daddy, are we still going to go to the mall? I'm like, oh, man, you know what? It was actually good. I, so I, I did limp around for about 30 minutes, but after that, it felt good to move around. And that's, uh, that was a fatal four-way match, and that was a hell of a match. You had Connor Hopkins, you had Sabotage, Sean Logan, and the veteran Shogun, Chris Logan. So those are three really good guys. You see what Shogun did to me? Put me in a, a suplex and just threw me across the ring? Yeah, he just, like, flipped you over. That yeah. was crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know what I did to disrespect him, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a sign of love from Shogun. Yeah, he's like, you can handle this. <laughs> Yeah, he's actually a really good guy, though. A Chicago police officer. We've had him on the show before. Uh, terrific wrestler, terrific teacher, uh, legend in this Chicagoland business. Yeah, he's fantastic. I was so excited to work with him. I always do um, research on the opponents I face, uh, being that I haven't been in this business for, I've, I mean, originally when I first started in 1997, I knew everybody, you know, because that's you're in a business and it only had so many workers now there's literally like thousands of independent um, pro wrestlers and uh, especially in this area but I knew about him because um, uh, my buddy uh, Robert Ego mm -hmm. um, had told me about him he said hey this is a good guy research him he's like you're gonna have a lot of fun working with him and I did my research on him and uh, I, I watched his championship match against Ice Pick and uh, I was I was convinced I was like man this is gonna be great I really want to take a brain buster so I haven't taken one of those, and I've literally <laughs> talked like 20 years since I've taken a brain buster. So you returned to independent professional wrestling last year after quite a few years out of the business. Mm -hmm. So walk me through the process of deciding to return and paint that picture for me. All right, so there's a couple stuff. There's several factors in my return. Um, uh, my buddy Eric Olson, who I broke into the business, I think he broke in in 99. I broke in in 97. And um, me and my brother ended up training him at uh, World Wrestling Association. And uh, so he's been telling me for years, hey, you know, this group at Southland, they're awesome. Would love to see you come back. And I was like so close to pulling the trigger so many times, but I had just bought my gym. And when you open your own business in the first five years are the most crucial. It's gonna make it or break it. You don't have a lot of money spent. You're behind on, you, you just took out this massive half a million dollar loan. How am I gonna pay it back? So all those factors led, led into like, you know, Eric, let me just keep grinding. I'm almost there. And then uh, my buddy Nick Huffman passed away. And uh, Hardcore Huffman is uh, a lot of the Midwest Renegade wrestling fans and lunatic wrestling fans knew him. Um, when he passed away, Nick was going to do a, a battle royal in um, remembrance of him. And, 
you know, I thought about that and I thought about my daughter. She's only seen like VHS tapes of me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how old it is. That's how long ago <laughs> it was. So I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to do it for these combined reasons. I want my daughter to see me do it. You know, I believe in Eric and I don't think he'd steer me wrong. So I believe in Southland and we give them a shot. And then uh, Nick Huffman. So I came back and started working with them. I actually came back early. I only had a couple practices and Hunter Payne runs Southland Championship Wrestling. He's a fantastic teacher, coach, and um, I bring all the students, uh, new students. I got another one that's going to start with us on Tuesday um, uh, to his uh, school down um, in Moments, and he he's fantastic. So for me to come back to a school like that, this facility is amazing. I don't know if you've been to a lot of facilities, like wrestling schools. A, few, a couple here and there. They're yeah. not very nice looking, mm -hmm. you know, nothing like my gym here. Um, Hunter's school is amazing. It's in a gigantic pole barn, stained concrete, beautiful ring, um, wor workout facility in there is great. So for, for me to bring new students in, I'm proud to show them this facility, you know? And then we've got guys like Hunter Teaching and Cody, who's amazing. Um, guys like JPA should come in there and, and work. Um, mm -hmm. they, it's so easy and fun to learn with them. So, so far I've brought them, this will be my fourth student that I've brought since I, uh, I started back with him in August. Did a couple practices with him and um, Hunter was like, hey, you know, you're ready to go. We can get you started. I'm like, man, I'm still rusty. You know, the first, the, that first couple, uh, the first couple practices, I, you know, I had concussion syndrome. I don't know if you know what that is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was literally vomiting the whole drive home, oh, you know, from practice. And uh, that's because I haven't taken bumps in so long. And so I'm just breaking my body back in. Well, one of the workers, uh, Blake, he goes by VIP. Mm -hmm. um, he works out here, here at my gym. He's one of uh, my training clients and he didn't have anyone to work on the card. So I'm like, you know what? I'll work the card with you. So, and that, that ended up being my first match back and we had a blast. We had an absolute blast. Pretty awesome. And uh, like I said, you've worked for Southland Championship Wrestling and Powell multiple times over the last few months. And I know just by looking at you, when I came here the other day and I just saw you in person, like, man, your, your cardio looks good, your body looks great. And, but you mentioned it a little bit too, um, ring rust. That was a very real thing for you, wasn't it? Yeah, the ring, the ring rust was in my body. It was my brain, you know? Oh, okay. So my brain wasn't used to the jarring. You know, inside your brain, every time you take a bump, your, your brain moves around and you get sloshed around inside of there. And that's something that I had to get used to again. The, um, the in-ring, running the ropes, doing all that stuff. Uh, it's funny because like after that uh, fatal four-way match last night, I was fine. I could I could wrestle. I'll put put a mask on me. I'll wrestle as a bad guy now. You know, I'll, I'll continue to work all all night long. It's it's never been about my cardio endurance because uh, I I pride myself on I pride myself on the fact that I feel like I'm a super athlete that I can do anything, and uh, I want to have always have that confidence. When I don't have that confidence, where I th feel like I can do anything, it's time for me to hang it up. You know. There actually has been a mysterious masked figure at a couple of Rocket Pro Wrestling shows recently. That wouldn't have been you, right? Even if it was, you wouldn't tell me. <laughs> Were you talking about little... No, I can't give up his name. No, that's definitely not me. He's the size of my leg. <laughs> okay, then uh, we'll, uh, we'll pass that then. All right, so doing my research for this interview, I dug really deep on your Facebook page and found this fantastic demo video of you just jumping all over the place, doing frog splashes, leg drops, suicide dives, jumping through tables, 
It was just this classic VHS footage, you know, where you have to adjust the tracking on your VCR for. And one of those places you sent it was to WCW. Now, and you yeah. told me the other day in our pre-conversation that you actually worked out at the power plant. So yeah, I got, to, I got to work out there, and that's where I just showed you. Um, so that was in 1999. I went down to um, work out at the power plant, which was awesome. And then I ran into this guy. This guy is cool. And got to grab a workout with him. So. The Terry's awesome, yeah. Ryan Ryan Hobbs. Hobbs. yeah. Yep. So, that was a lot of fun. The uh, that place, man. If if I if I could ever just uproot and say I'm gonna live at this facility, and this is all I want to do, if I had the balls enough to do that, then I would have. You know, otherwise I went out there as a dreamer, saying maybe they like me, maybe they don't. You know, and mm -hmm. went out there and worked and showed them what I got. So. The, the problem with it is that uh, WCW was bought out by WWF right afterwards, yep. so there was no job for anybody. So in that, that entire merger, um, you know, competition's good in, in any aspect, you know, but once, once the competition's gone and everybody's under one umbrella, it's really hard to get TV time and it's hard to, hard to like develop new talent. So at that time I knew, okay, back to the circuit, see how many more indie companies I could work with. I really wanted to work with ECW at the time. Mm -hmm. I thought felt my talent was was um, on par with them, but it was uh, I could never get my tapes in the right hands. So that it's always about connections. Now in social media life, just in the past five months, I've like I've increased my Instagram um, following by like ten thousand. There's and they're all wrestling like related or bodybuilding, mm -hmm. um, um, some kind of athletic related. Um, uh, genres and social media is where it's at now. That's how we met. Yep. You know, and now like I, I go from okay, I'm gonna get back into it, and I'm gonna work with Southland, which from August until December will give me five shows. Well, I did 16 shows last year, and I did my first one, and I have 40 more booked this year. So, and it's all because of social media. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. So. You mentioned to me Trevor Blanchard was a guy that kind of pointed yeah. oh, you yeah, in yeah. direction. Oh, yeah, yeah, Trevor's awesome. And uh, I actually, here's a funny story. So we were working with Midwest Renegade Wrestling. Now, Trevor was a part of the Masters of Brutality, which we were the founding members of it. Me, Trevor, uh, Tommy Gunn, uh, Bob Lowry's character, what was his name? And we had a, yeah, yeah. So that that was, Masters of Brutality ran for, I you know, I still see the MOB shirts around. I made my return to Southland. Someone had an MOB shirt on them. They were calling me my original name, which was 12. And I'm like, damn, these guys still remember me. That's wild. But um, yeah, so Trevor, I've got a great story about Trevor. So we went up to um, Madison, Wisconsin, or maybe it was Oshkosh. I think it was Oshkosh. And uh, we were working a show. And the main of me and, me and Trevor are just going to do our, our standard style catch as catch can wrestling, you know, which was, you know. That, that's like that's what he likes to do mm -hmm. and um, the uh, we had a snowstorm and so the main event match was just an exploding bob wire match anytime you hit the ropes fire shoots up you know um, they couldn't make it they were stuck in a snowstorm so when it said hey anybody want to take this match my hand went straight <laughs> up and Trevor was like what the fuck <laughs> so, yeah but no we ended up doing the match and it was I I loved it I thought it was a lot of fun but he's like I'll never do that again but he um he's instrumental I actually got to work with him at Wrestle Rage. I got to uh, overhead press him in the battle royal oh yeah yep. okay yep. yep yeah and then of course now come full circle now I've worked his son uh, Kazile I've yep. worked him twice now so yeah you had the uh, Midwest uh, Championship match a couple of months ago with him 
Last one. December. Yes. Mm -hmm. My head went through the ceiling. Wow. Split my noggin. Oh my goodness. Yep. Yeah, some of, the, for, some of those venues don't have very high ceilings. You know what? So <laughs> the first time I went up to the top rope and you know my finish is a frog splash. So I go up to the top rope and, and my I like put my hand up and I'm like, oop. So I went to the second rope and then I, I jumped up and he put his knees up and he hit me. Ooh. So um, my adrenaline's running. I'm, I'm hit, I hit a series move, triple suplex, and then I go straight to the Fox Fast finisher. Well, this time I was, my adrenaline's running. I'm not even thinking about it. Go straight to the top, head goes through the ceiling. On the, on the crossbars, splits my head in the center. Ooh. I hit the mat, I'm sleeping. Oh, I'm asleep. Goodness. Yep. So you think you might have a concussion during that match? Oh, 100%. I, oh I couldn't gosh. even drive home. I was puking on the way home. Kaylee, my, uh, my girlfriend, drove me home. Oh, thank God you had somebody to drive you. Did you? I don't know if you've seen that video. That'd be a cool video for you to see. That was like the real side of wrestling. Like like, the, like the actual where you went through the ceiling? The, uh, the, uh, we did an interview when we got home. She's like, hey, I think oh, it'd be okay. smart if you document this. Show your fans like how much you go through. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people realize what you go through um, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally to put the product that you, uh, you put out for them to see. You know, because I, I really... I'm one of those wrestlers that I, you know, you hear the, them say all the time, you do it for the fans. I literally, like, I, I want my fans to have the best time when they come out there. They know what to expect from me, and then I want to show them something more. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? To keep them coming. You know, they're spending their hard-earned money on, especially on a Saturday night, which is, like, in my opinion, the most important night of the week. So if you're going to spend your hard-earned money and give up your time, I'm going to entertain you. If you trust me to entertain yeah. you, I'm going to entertain you. And you, with your style, you seem to do that. Thank you. All right, back to the power plant for a second. How long were you down there for? Was it? Like, it was a day. It was it just was one day? day? It was a one okay. day. I came in there. I paid the $50. Um, I got to do a workout. Sarge? Um, yes. And then that that's where I met Terry and Hulk Hogan. And he's like, hey, I'm going to work out at uh, World Gym 4 a.m. If, you, if you're there, we'll work out together. And I got to be there and I'd be a part of that. And as a freaking 19-year-old kid, that was like the greatest number one workout of my life but it yeah. was like i like ever since i first heard uh real american you know <laughs> yep. the song i like that was my song forever yep. so actually some people whoever follows me on snapchat knows i wake up some mornings when i feel like it's like a tough morning it's so cold it's overcast there's, there's it's just a rough morning that i play hulk hogan's entrance music and that's that's what gets me through <laughs> the first part of the day Pretty awesome, and for a 19 year old kid to meet Hulk Hogan, I, I met him at a convention years later, a cool yeah. guy, but yeah, for a 19 year old, you must have been really been marking out deep inside. Oh dude, to, to, for him to want to work out with me, because right, yeah. at that time, so I've been bodybuilding since I was a teenager, and 19 I won a teenage title um, for Illinois um, for bodybuilding, and so I had a physique on me already, and um, so I was a natural bodybuilding teenage champion, and I go out there, and he's like, he even said I got a good physique, but it, like literally, when you see the picture, my, all my muscle on my body was the size of one of his arms. 24 inch pythons is no joke. That yeah. dude, he was curling 100 pound dumbbells like they're nothing. I still can't do that. I've, I've, I've won national championships and world championships in powerlifting. I can't do the shit he does. He's amazing. Yeah. All right, so you're a personal trainer. You're 43 years old and you look absolutely immaculate. Thank you. Just thinking about some of the other guys in our age group, like 40s, early 50s, guys such as Vic Capri, Steve Boz, Jimmy Blaze, and even Robert Ego Anthony, you mentioned earlier, who just turned 40 himself. All of those guys look physically amazing and doing fabulous in-ring work. And at one point, 40 was considered to be over the hill in this business, but now a lot of guys 
are hitting their peak. They're hitting their prime around 40. So what do you think about that? I 100% think that Ego is hitting his peak now. Yeah. Look at, look, dude, he's the NWA North American champion. Yes. He's getting booked everywhere. Like, I can't get a, a free, I've, I've wanted to work a match with him since I met him. And uh, I can't even, I, we can't even find a, a weekend to hook up. So I think he's hitting his peak now. But not only, not only in his uh, ring work, I think it, just in his um, persona, who he is. You know, his podcast has taken off. It's it's amazing. Vic Capri, nice pick. Yes, dude. I, I even messaged him. I'm the guy like, never ages. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you're <laughs> he reminds me. Doesn't he look like Chris Benoit? He does. It's like so stacked. Chris Benoit was like, my like, dude. Him and Eddie Guerrero growing up. Oh, RVD, of course. And in fact, when uh, I had Vic Capri on my podcast for the first time a couple years ago, back when I still had a co-host, my co-host brought up the fact that he has this uh, startling resemblance to Chris Benoit, and uh, Vic did not disagree with that. Yeah, dude, he is freaking jacked. And then Steve Boz, man, that guy's so much fun. Yeah. I, I, I went to Chicago Style Wrestling for their, their final show of the year, um, and... Uh, when uh, Axel Rico yes. won the title, yes. and uh, I, I literally like came there just to watch Axel work because uh, Jimmy had wanted me and Axel work together at a pal show, so I was like, I want to see what he look because I watch his YouTube stuff. I want to see what he does in person. You know, he, there's always always a different th things of, of watching him on camera compared to seeing him in person, how they work in person, and uh, he did not disappoint. But um, yeah, Steve Boss, man, he puts on a show. Yes, that, he does. That's another company I'd love the, I'd love to have an opportunity to work for. You know. Yeah, CSW, much like Rocket Pro, I mean, stacked, loaded shows, three, three and a half hours of great entertainment and awesome wrestling, yes. Yeah, we were there till like, I think it was like one in the morning when we got out of that video, it was so long. Yeah, those do yeah. run a little long sometimes, yeah. but they're great shows, they're fantastic. Yes, I agree, 100%. Oh, I don't know if you've seen that show, um, Heather Reckless, uh, the, it was the, the women's... Fatal four way. Yeah. For the Sierra. Time. Sierra won the, yep. the match that, that time. We suggest. And you know what? Sierra is great. I think she's fantastic. She actually just did a power show. Yep. But her competition, that you could literally, they're all, they were all right there, you know? And um, that, I, I was telling everybody, love Axel, love everybody, mm -hmm. like him, love him. Yep. I think the girls stole the show. I they think do win the a lot of shows. They, I think they the really girls do. had the match of the yeah. night. Yep. Some of the women's wrestling in the Chicago area is pretty amazing. Uh, Freelance Underground does some pretty good women's matches. Warrior Wrestling. I'm glad to see Powell get some women on their show because they could definitely use that. Yeah, it, it, CSW, it. As, as you mentioned, awesome. Yes. They usually have two matches a lot of times. Mm -hmm. and Sky Blue uh, will come in and do a few shows here and there. That's yeah. kind of where she started before she's in AEW now. And yeah. You mentioned Sierra. She's been terrific. And Cheap Plug. If you missed the interview with Sierra a couple weeks ago, it's still available in the Windy City Slam podcast archive. So go ahead and catch that. Check but, it out. Yep. Right after this. Don't, <laughs> don't skip out on this. I've got some good stuff yeah, to talk about. Finish this and then go listen to Sierra and some of the other great interviews that we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but women's wrestling in Chicago and just amazing. Let me go ahead and talk a little bit about your bodybuilding days. Now, what kind of brought you into bodybuilding and how did that get you into wrestling? Um, so bodybuilding and wrestling went hand in hand. My, my favorite, um, physiques growing up were of course like Hulk Hogan, ultimate warrior, um, guys, I don't know, little known, uh, wrestler warlord was like yes. super cool. Powers yeah, of pain. Yeah. Yep. I got to meet him at the Venice beach, uh, gold's gym in like 2001, 2002. And I just thought the world of him. Uh, even guys like, like Shawn Michaels as prime that was really built up. Lex Luger. Yep. Yeah. So I always wanted to um, not be average. You know, I think it's too easy to be average and, mm -hmm. and people command 
more respect when they put more effort out. And so when I started getting into bodybuilding, I learned how difficult it was. Um, I understood why I respected them so much. So, and then when I started accumulating titles, um, I thought, you know what, I caught the bug and I'm not gonna stop until I turn pro. So at 27, I won the North American Championships, I turned pro. Um, I did four pro shows after that and just realized that, you know, I'm, I don't have the world's best physique. I have a good one, mm -hmm. I have good, enough to get to the pro level. I don't have the world's best physique, so I gave it up. And then during COVID, one of my members, Drew Cullen, he's like top 20 in, in the men's physique. Um, and he's like, hey, you got a good physique, why don't, why don't we get you ready for a show? You know, uh, you can do, there's a, a show in Wisconsin that's a qualifier for the Mr. Universe contest, which is the biggest show. And I've always wanted to do the Mr. Universe contest. And I'm like, you really think I could do that? And he's like, yeah, man. Dude, I trained my freaking butt off for eight weeks, like killed myself. And I won four different categories at the wow. national qualifier. Yeah, and then I went to the universe and I got fourth overall. So, which was awesome because you miss the universe attracts people from around the entire world. All the champions from the different nations get together. And I got fourth at that one. I tried to do it again the next year uh, on my own, didn't do so good. I got sixth the next time I tried. So I said, you know, that's it. I'm gonna go back to my, my passion, which is wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I gave everything I could into bodybuilding. I'm not gonna get anywhere. I, what am I gonna do with, I literally have like 50 something trophies and what am I gonna do with them? I don't wanna dust them all, you know? So <laughs> let me get back into something that I feel uh, brings me more pleasure. So. You had definitely different phases of your life in the professional wrestling business, like three or four different periods where you wrestled and then took a break and you wrestled and took a break. How long have you been co-aloxamata during those um, different uh, tenders? So Hunter helped me come up with that name. Loxamana is my mom's maiden name. Oh, okay. I, it's not a gimmick, I am Hawaiian, born and raised. And um, so Loxamana, my mom's maiden name, Loxa means rich, mm -hmm. Mana means spirit. Okay, I'm sure yeah. you heard of Rock talk about Mana all the time. Yeah. So rich in spirit. Makes sense. And then uh, like growing up, they were like, they always called me the little warrior, you know, which in Hawaiian is Koa. Mm -hmm. So that was my nickname. And uh, it just made sense to call myself that. But my original gimmick was 12 for the Masters of Brutality. Oh, okay, so yeah. you were just 12, the number. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. It was the stupidest freaking thing. <laughs> I hated it. Absolutely hated it. Well, the when the Dark Order, you had ten and Alan oh Five Angels God. and all that too. It was so. it was so stupid. <laughs> they, they, they were supposed to say twelve like a twelve gauge shotgun. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But I didn't like it at all. I used to cringe whenever they said, "And introducing the WWA champion, twelve. Uh, here I am, guys." Well, I mean, where's one through 11? Right. 12 is kind of down the list a little bit. Yes, yeah, 12, 12 guys have been eliminated until this person. Yeah. Right? Okay, what are your goals now that you're back wrestling on a fairly regular basis? Uh, keep having fun. I'm just doing this to have fun, yeah. You know, other people will say, I'm, I wanna win titles, I wanna do this. No, that's great. If, if a company trusts me to hold their strap, I will do everything in my power everything to promote to promote that company uh bring more fans to the company uh, bring integrity to the company uh bring more students to the company you know i will do everything in my power to do that but that's what you get when you hire me anyways i mean you see my facebook posts i don't know anybody that posts more than me yeah you're yeah. all over the place uh, at, at least great three, at least three, promote yourself and yeah. promote the company's work yeah at least three four times a day and and what what that happens is uh, a lot of times you know someone will will see your post and then they're like man this guy really really believes in this wrestling stuff a little. 
and that's what I have the new students starting on Tuesday. He's always been a fan, but he's seen how much love and energy I've given to this to promotion of, of um, wrestling that he now wants to join the school. So if it took me to post 300 times for him to, to take a chance at his dreams, then that's what it takes. It, it's just a click of the button, who cares? You're like a modern day Pied Piper. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you bring fans to shows, you bring students to wrestling school, you're pretty amazing. I, I want to show my, I want, it's, it's, it's about giving back and um, for, for the promoters and I don't know if you've heard this about me, I've never taken a paycheck. I don't want to take a paycheck. Let me sell my merchandise, that's all I really ask for. Um, I want to give back to a sport that I feel I've gotten so much from. And before we wrap this up, go ahead and share with your social media how you can get Koa Laksamana merchandise and whatever upcoming events that you got. Upcoming events? Yeah. I got like 40 of them. Yeah, you do. You got time? Well, at least I'll the next month or something. I'll on the next month. I, I know the 21st is SCW. <laughs> um, yeah, 21st. And then I just had another Rocket Pro date. So the 21st is SCW. The 25th of February is SCW. March 18th, SCW. Uh, Rocket Pro is... I don't know if I can announce that date yet. I don't think it's supposed to be a surprise. Okay. But I'm coming back, Rocket Pro fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming back in a very big way. I am, I'm literally, I, I told Kevin, I'm like, holy crap. You believe in me that much? Yes, sir. I will take that date. And eventually you're also going to be coming back to POW as well. Yeah, yeah these are my dates right here. I've got 41 <laughs> of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's got me booked on dates too. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, how do you get Koa Laksamana merchandise? Uh, either at my gym. I, I don't have an online, um, which now I'm glad you said that because that, that's something I'm missing out on right now. I should make it available for online sales. Um, it's in person. It's at events. It's at my gym. I always carry my bag in my truck. Um, uh, I've got all my, all my um, gear as well as uh, my merchandise always on me. Mm -hmm. And then how do people find out more about Sherwood Fitness? The Instagram page is the best way. Um, Short Fitness on Instagram. You'll see a lot of funny videos. And then, or, or my Instagram, which is Vince Edward Robbins. It's my real name. That's the the absolute easiest way to, to get a hold of a lot of things on there. You'll And if you ever get on my Instagram page, you notice I always try to post funny videos. Yep. Stuff that, that's like lighthearted and makes this gym look like a fun place to be. And actually one more thing, now that I'm thinking about it. You've had several wrestlers come in here, Robert Eagle, Anthony, Train Wrecker, just to name a couple. And you've actually done workouts with them and did like videos with them too. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, Jimmy Blaze is still, I told you, Jimmy, I'll do a show for you. And now you don't have to pay me if you come and work out with me. You still haven't done it. So that means you haven't paid me yet. That's not good as a promoter to not pay your people. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy, come to the neighborhood. We'd love to see you down here. Absolutely. I'm not going to kill him in the workout either. <laughs> I get it, though. It's, it's schedule. He's got, you know, with his real job and wrestling school and everything like that. It's yep. tough. But, um, and it's a far drive, yep. you know. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on Windy City Slam Podcast. Yeah, we'll have it. you on again at some point down the line. Awesome. Thank Can't you. Can't wait to see you at a show, too. All right. So much fun talking to Koa Laksamana at his gym at Shorewood Fitness just a couple of days ago before this podcast dropped. Terrific guy, generous wrestler. He's just so helpful to the business. Great stories from Koa Laksamana, and we're definitely hoping that he will return at some point to give us even more stories. All right, next week on Windy City Slam Podcast, we're going to recap 
CSW, and Freelance. And by the way, both of those shows, if you can't make it to those venues, both of those shows will be on IWTV. And that's the first time ever for CSW, which is a big deal for them. So great exposure for Steve Boz and the crew at CSW. Plus, we're going to preview Warrior Wrestling 27. And I'm not going to even give a hint on a guest next week. I'm not going to mention anything. I just want to make sure we finalize everything first before we mention anything. So we'll definitely have a guest next week by hell or high water. But whatever it is or whoever it is, you can catch it right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.